This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. So why do seagulls live near the sea? Because if they live near the bay, they'd be bagels. Welcome to Wings and Things, where you'll find real answers to real questions about everything you want to know about pet birds. Care, feeding, bird products, travel, and more. Everything to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. From parrots to parakeets, cockatiels to cockatoos, you'll have a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about your fun, feathered friends. So, spread your wings and get ready to fly with your Wings and Things host, bird expert and author, Susan Chamberlain. Welcome to Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Susan Chamberlain, and we're going to be flying off today to discuss budgies in the basement. If you want to keep your birds in the basement, how do you go about doing that? We'll have a segment on those lovable Quaker parakeets, and we're also going to do a little money-wise talk and discuss how you can earn some money by being a bird sitter. First now, we'll talk about birds in the basement. When I was a child, I loved going over to a friend's house and visiting the breeding pairs of budgies her father kept in the basement. There were rows of cages, illuminated by fluorescent lights suspended above them along the entire length of the basement room, and the birds flitted about happily. I don't remember much else about the basement habitat, except that the floor was covered with tile and there was an exhaust fan, similar to those often installed behind stoves in the wall of the room. Now that I look back on it, I see that what Mr. Venna did was pretty good. The fluorescent lighting possibly emitted some full-spectrum light, which is necessary for vitamin D synthesis and vitamin D3 synthesis in birds and helpful for successful breeding. The hard floor was easy to clean and reduced the risk of mold and mildew, and the fan helped pull dust and dander from the room, thus improving the indoor air quality. We've come a long way since then. Electronic air filters, full-spectrum lighting made especially for birds, green building material, carbon monoxide alarms, and other goodies abound. But is it feasible or even safe to keep your pet birds in the basement or a remodeled garage? The answer depends on a variety of factors. Why would anyone want to remand their birds to a garage or basement? Perhaps the birds have encroached on your living space a little too much, or maybe your family has grown. Perhaps you want to give your birds larger quarters tailored just for them. Converted basements and garages can be lovely. People create these spaces for themselves all the time by turning them into media rooms, dens, or even additional bedrooms. These rooms can also be problematic, especially for birds. Heat must be safely provided. There may be little access to natural light, which is important to a bird's well-being. If the boiler, hot water heater, washer and dryer, and other appliances are located in the basement or garage space, consideration must be given to the safety of these systems. Carbon monoxide, chemicals, gas emissions, and possible back blasts from the furnace pose real threats to birds. Is the basement above or below grade? Some homes are constructed with walkout basements, and these basements are, in effect, first-floor apartments. 
In some coastal areas, homes are erected on pilings, and the area underneath is usually designated for garages or storage. People often enclose this lower area for casual living and sometimes keep birds or other pets in that space. A friend on Sanibel Island in Florida enclosed the lower level of her home and erected a flight cage for her finches inside. She caged one of the windows, too, so the finches could enjoy flying outdoors as well. When it was too cold for them to be outside, she simply closed the window while they were in the indoor section of the flight. The severe weather of the past few years has taught us that few places are safe from flooding. If you plan to house your birds in a basement or on a ground floor, will you be able to evacuate them safely if necessary? Below-grade basements may also be prone to seepage, especially if you live in an area with a high water table or lots of rain. Dampness breeds mold and mildew, neither of which is good for birds. Reduce risk of mold and mildew in any basement by installing floor tile or painting the concrete floor rather than using carpeting, wood, or laminates. Of course, you will not put birds in the area until the paint has thoroughly dried and the room has aired for several days. Glazed ceramic tile is preferable to quarry tile and other porous surfaces because it does not require periodic sealing. The sealers can be toxic, especially when they are drying. Rugs are difficult to restore after flooding or seepage has occurred. Even under the best of conditions, carpeting installed in basements often develops mold or mildew. The fumes in carpeting, there are formaldehyde fumes in many carpetings, and the fumes will have nowhere to go in the basement, so that can harm your birds as well, and even give you a headache and flu-like symptoms. Laminated products and wood may warp, rot, or harbor moisture when dampness is present. When painting or installing tile, use the least toxic products available. Products with a low VOC emission, VOC stands for Volatile Organic Compound, and products with low emissions are best for enclosed spaces. Read cautions on product literature and always follow the directions. Remove your birds from the area under renovation. Open basement or garage windows to air the area for four or five days before moving the birds in. This will allow vapors from paint, glue, or other installation products to disperse. Remove items that collect dust and harbor mold and mildew. Store clothing and household items in another area of your home. Get a sump pump for emergencies and keep a shop vacuum available to remove water that may seep in after heavy rains. Alarms that detect flooding are available at home improvement stores. These will warn you before a situation becomes critical. Increase air circulation through the use of ceiling fans or the new tower-style fans. Use a dehumidifier during the humid months of the year. Add air conditioning if necessary. 
freestanding portable models that don't require window installation are available, and the price has gone way down over the past few years. They used to be more than $1,000. Now they're hovering right around the $400 mark. You can find them in home supply and big box stores. Use an electronic air filter to remove particulate matter from the atmosphere, and open windows for ventilation when possible. Be cautious when using exhaust fans. Although they are great for pulling polluted indoor air out of the home, fans may also draw exhaust fumes, cooking fumes, and emissions from boilers into rooms where they are installed. Install exhaust fans at the source of the pollution, near the stove or the furnace or other source of pollution, rather than in your bird's immediate vicinity. Leave a window open for ventilation in the furnace room, even during the coldest weather. When heating your bird's new space, evaluate your present system. Perhaps you can have baseboard heating run from your boiler to the new room, or install a new duct for hot air heat. Forced hot air is inclined to be very dry, and the temperature plummets as soon as it goes off. Be sure to use a humidifier in conjunction with hot air systems. Radiant heating installed under a floor or on walls is a good source of gentle, even heat. You can purchase radiant heat panels as supplementary heating for your bird's immediate area from Avatech Exotic Birds. The unobtrusive white panels can be mounted to the wall behind a cage for additional heat during cold weather or wherever supplemental warmth is required. They're also designed, they come with a little um, hanging kit that um, attaches the heat panel to the cage. You must be very careful, however, to locate it so that the bird has absolutely no access to the electrical cord. For more information on Avatech heat panels, visit avatech.com. That's www.avitec.com. Birds require natural light for health and vitality. Install skylights in a renovated garage for overhead light and ventilation. Locate basement-dwelling birds where they will receive some window light and enjoy an outdoor view. If necessary, use full-spectrum lighting. Portable lamps are available, as are cage-mounted models and ceiling-hung swag-style fixtures. You can also use full-spectrum bulbs and tubes in permanent ceiling-mounted and recessed fixtures. Most are not compatible with dimmers and must be used with basic on-off light switches. Check wattage limitations on all fixtures before installing bulbs or tubes. Use the least toxic construction materials available. Formaldehyde is used in some construction materials and even in carpeting, and exposure to fumes can result in headache, respiratory problems, and flu-like symptoms. According to EPA literature, the most significant sources of formaldehyde in homes are usually particle board and plywood products that contain urea formaldehyde. Such products are routinely used as subflooring and in cabinet construction. Plywood wall paneling and medium density fiberboard used in drawers and cabinetry contain urea formaldehyde as well. Sealing particle boards with primer or enclosing it in a laminate such as formica will help reduce emissions, as well airing the affected products for a period of time before bringing them into your home.
Formaldehyde-free products are available, although they may be more expensive than others. For more detailed information on this topic and other indoor air quality concerns, visit epa.gov. You can go to www.epa.gov forward slash IAQ forward slash F-O-R-M-A-L-D-E dot H-T-M-L. That is the length. Or just go to epa.gov and do a search for indoor air quality. You can also visit greenhomeguide.com. That's www.greenhomeguide.com. You can also call the EPA Toxic Substance Control Act Assistance Line. The telephone number is 202-554-1404. That's 202-554-1404. That's the EPA Toxic Substance Control Assistant Line. Will you be able to spend a significant amount of time with your basement or garage dwelling birds? Locate a computer, television, or exercise equipment in the new area so you'll have a dual purpose for being there. Turn the TV on or play mellow music for the birds when you're out. If birds will be out of sight and earshot for significant periods of time, use a baby monitor so you can hear sounds of alarm in the basement or garage. Video surveillance is a great way to check on your pets. Simple systems are available at electronics and baby supply stores for about $100. Alternatively, add a live camera to your computer so you can monitor your bird's activities. Is there outside access to the new bird area? If so, consider installing a burglar alarm on the outside door. Outside access is also important in case of fire or other emergency. Formulate a plan to rescue your birds in case of fire or natural disaster. Conveniences are important, especially if you have a large flock or must walk down a flight of stairs to the new bird room. You'll require rodent-resistant storage space for bird supplies and food, a utility sink for washing bird dishes and accessories, a refrigerator for fresh food, and at least one trash can with a lid for disposal of cage tray liners and other bird debris. How are you going to clean large cages? If they're on a ground floor, it's easy to roll them outside for power washing. But what if they're in the basement? My dream renovation includes a large roll-in shower for cage cleaning and a dishwasher just for bird dishes. Decorating the new bird area can be fun and practical. I like light-colored floors because it's easy to spot insects or droppings from possible rodents before an infestation becomes overwhelming. Ideally, we stop such invasions before they begin, but again, we must be extra cautious when using pesticides indoors or out when we share our homes with birds. Sprinkle a diatomaceous earth product, such as Concern, which is available in garden and home improvement centers around the base of your home to stop crawling bugs. Seal cracks and crevices against mice. Clean up small messes before they become big ones. Turn your bird's new habitat into a tropical paradise by painting jungle murals on the walls. Or check out tropical background images offered by cages by design. 
Paint the ceiling light blue and use a sponge to dab white paint clouds overhead. Use water-based or acrylic paints and allow paint to dry completely with windows open before returning birds to the area. There's a lot to consider when renovating a space for your birds. Basements are usually cool in the summer and warm in the winter. A converted two-car garage can offer 400 or more square feet of additional space. Convenience for you and safety and happiness of the birds are of paramount importance. Your imagination and your budget will dictate the rest. Now we have a little basement or garage bird room wish list. Plumbing for the utility sink, a dishwasher, a heating system, radiant heat, hot water or baseboard heat, humidifier, maybe a dehumidifier, ceiling fans, an air filter, windows or skylights for ventilation and natural light, full spectrum lighting, a smoke alarm, a carbon monoxide alarm, a flood alarm, a sump pump, a shop style vacuum cleaner for wet and dry debris, a burglar alarm, baby monitor or video surveillance, a cabinet for safe food storage, a refrigerator for fresh food, a tile floor, a screen door for outside access, helps ventilate the room and helps prevent escape when the outer door is open, trash cans with lids, low VOC paint for walls, low VOC adhesives for flooring and wall treatments, and formaldehyde-free wood products. So get on with your renovation product and have fun. You and your birds will certainly enjoy your nice new space. We're going to pause for just a moment, and we'll be back with some words about Quaker parakeets. This is Susan Chamberlain on Wings and Things on Pet Life Radio. Sitting on a branch overlooking the parking lot, the pigeons watched as a Mercedes pulled in below them. What do you think, one bird said to the other. Should we put a deposit on that car? Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's Kitty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com forward slash cat 101 or use coupon code cat 101 to get 20% off your first subscription order. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. 
don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back with more great words on birds with your host, Susan Chamberlain. Welcome back to Wings and Things. This is Susan Chamberlain, and we're going to talk about Quaker parakeets. Those sleek little gray and green parrots are called Quakers, or monk parakeets. They are the only one in their genus. There's nothing else quite like them. They make great pets for anyone who wants a hardy, intelligent, mischievous, and talkative little pal. At 11 to 12 inches, the Quaker size makes it an appropriate apartment or mobile home pet, as long as you have room for a cage spacious enough to accommodate a swing and a variety of toys. Even though their horn-colored beaks are relatively small, Quakers are enthusiastic chewers and should be provided with substantial wood toys. Quakers, native to South America, often become quite territorial regarding their cages as their nests. In the wild, they build huge communal nests. Pet Quakers may weave straw, paper, or other available materials through cage bars in attempts at nest building. There are many feral Quaker parakeet colonies throughout North America. They can be found from New Hampshire to Florida, and you'll see the huge nests in trees where, wherever Quakers are present. You'll hear them chattering and flying. There are literally hundreds of them in some of these feral colonies. And um, there are even some in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, New York. Visit www.brooklynparrots.com and you'll come to a cute website from that's um, about the Quaker parakeets in Brooklyn at Brooklyn College. And there are some beautiful pictures of the feral Quakers in Brooklyn. So go to brooklynparrots.com and check it out. Uh, Quakers may um, like a separate cage for sleeping or a hut or a nest box inside the primary cage that may discourage some of their aggressive territorial behavior. Uh, talking potential is good to excellent, but as with any species, the results depend on the individual bird. You know, they're, they're all different. There's no telling what they're going to do, so be prepared to love your bird whether it talks or not. Feed your Quaker a varied, well-balanced diet. Use a manufactured diet or a good seed mix combined with pellets. Quakers relish fruit, vegetables, and nutritious table foods such as cooked egg, pasta, and bits of cooked meat. Mature birds may have a tendency to gain excess weight, so limit their intake of fatty foods. This is Susan Chamberlain on Wings and Things. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk about earning money as a bird sitter. See you in a minute. Stay perched. Wings and Things will be soaring back right after these messages. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged big great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. 
A Frenchman walks into a bar with a parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks, where did you get that thing? The parrot replies, in France. There are millions of them. Don't have a canary. Wings and Things is back with more great words on birds with your host, Susan Chamberlain. Welcome back to Wings and Things. I'm your host, Susan Chamberlain. And we're just wondering, have you ever thought about being a bird sitter? A friend of mine told me a story. She interviewed a new pet sitter for her two dogs and her kite. Well, the pet sitter took one look at the bird and said the job was beyond her. The dogs didn't phase her, but she was totally unfamiliar with birds and she didn't want the job. Because birds do require some degree of specialized care, there may be room in your area's pet sitting market for someone knowledgeable about pet birds. Perhaps you've already swapped bird sitting services with a friend and it's been such a great experience that you'd like to try it as a business. With many bird owners sharing their homes with multiple feathered friends, you may end up with more work than you can handle. A friend who left a corporate job in 1993 to pursue pet sitting full-time and has been caring for a variety of dogs, cats, birds, and other animals ever since is gave me some advice about setting up a pet sitting business, especially one specializing in bird care. Insurance is very important, she said. Special insurance for pet sitters is available through pet sitting associations, such as the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, Pet Sitters International, and Pet Sitters Associates, LLC. Pet sitter policies may cover liability loss or damage to the pet, rekeying customers' doors in case of loss or loss of keys, and myriad other possibilities. As with any insurance, it's vital to read the fine print and discuss coverage in detail with a company representative. Having insurance is also a great marketing tool as it helps instill confidence in potential customers. Limit your services to within an 8-mile radius of your home, 10 miles at the maximum. You'll be able to service clients effectively while using less gas. How many hours will you work per week? Pet sitting can be a seven day a week job, including holidays. Some pet sitters charge higher fees for holidays. What about the price? Check pet sitter websites for fees and see what services charge in your area. When specializing in birds, you will need to decide whether to charge per diem, per visit, or per pet bird. You may wish to offer a multi-bird discount or a discount for birds caged together. Will you be required to sleep at the house? If so, check to see what pet sitters charge for similar services in your area. Get to know other pet sitters in your area because you'll probably be calling each other to cover extra jobs. Provide a menu of services and be very specific about what is included in the basic bird sitting fee. Cleaning the cage may mean a change of paper, wiping gratings and perches, and providing clean dishes to you but your client may interpret it as a major cleaning job. Pricing. Some clients request, uh, some bird sitters request the money up front. If a key has to be returned, get payment at that time. Once you get to know the clients, you can have them mail you a check. In the beginning, get paid when the key is returned. People may be uncomfortable leaving money ahead of time when they first hire you. Some pet sitters charge for the preliminary conference. That's when they go over to meet the bird. Uh, and then they credit that money to the first 
a pet sitting job. Others offer the consultation free, so it's up to you what you want to do on that. What are your startup costs? Does your municipality require that you obtain a license for your business? If so, there may be a fee to register. If your state requires that sales tax be collected on services, you'll need to register with the Department of Taxation for a sales tax certificate. In many states, you can do this online. Business cards and flyers are two ways for potential clients to learn of your existence. You can elect to have cards professionally printed or do it yourself on your computer. Business card paper is available at office supply stores, and there are several computer programs, such as Microsoft Word or Publisher, that makes creating business cards a cinch. Include your name, including any professional pet-related degrees or affiliations, your business name, telephone number, email address, and a brief description of services offered. Add a photo of a bird for eye-catching interest. A flyer is usually an 8.5 by 11 piece of paper or cardstock folded into thirds that includes more information about your bird sitting services. You can include information about your bird related background, a menu of services offered, some simple advice for the bird owner about to go on vacation, and of course your contact information. Flyers can be simple or elaborate, professionally printed, or produced on your computer. You may also have some um, expenses for advertising, a post office box, and of course your insurance. Um, get your insurance through a pet sitting organization. There are group rates. Uh, at last um, re research, when I last researched it and spoke to some pet sitters, they were paying about $300 a year. You can be bonded for an additional $100 a year or in that neighborhood of cost but some of it may depend also on the region of the country where you live. So um, do call these organizations at the end of the program. I will give you some contact information for the pet sitters organizations. Uh, market your business. You know, leave business cards at pet shops and veterinary offices. Um, although these businesses may offer boarding services, there are also also people who don't want to board their birds at the vet or at the pet shops and demand is great there so often there are people who can't be accommodated especially during popular vacation weeks so you do stand a good chance of getting referrals there are also people who prefer in home care to boarding their pets advertising in local newspapers and getting out and meeting people is a great way to get clients um, when some people start out, they rent a booth at a local fair. It doesn't necessarily even have to be an animal fair. Craft fairs are good, too. Make up a pamphlet on what to look for in a pet sitter, and people will come to your table wanting to get the information or just talk, to talk about pet sitting. Pass out your business cards along with the other information. A table at a fair usually costs anywhere from 30 to to $100, but just a couple of clients will make it worthwhile. Other avenues of exposure include online advertising on pet-related websites, 
Craigslist, which can be a little chancy. I mean, you really never know um, who you're going to be dealing with or vice versa. But um, it's one of the most popular websites in the world. And that's Craigslist, C-R-A-I-G-S-L-I-S-T dot org. Or even your own web page. If you belong to a bird club, they may have listings for pet sitters on their website and in their newsletter. If you have a website, link it to other related sites when possible. Advertise in local pet publications and bird-related magazines such as Bird Talk and Birds USA. And don't forget to send out occasional press releases to local media about your business. They may eventually feature you in an article or on a news program. If your newspaper has a pet column, make them aware of your business. You know, you never know when that phone is going to ring. Be very professional. When clients call and get your answering machine, don't greet them with a cutesy message from your three-year-old. Maintain professionalism by recording a to-the-point greeting. Hello, you've reached so-and-so's pet starting service. Please leave your name and phone number and we'll return your call as soon as possible. If you have not heard from us within 24 hours, please call back. We may be having trouble reaching you. In case of emergency, please call and yada yada, leave an alternate number. If numerous family members answer the phone at your house, get a separate line exclusively for your pet sitting businesses. There are also some add-on services that will increase your income. You can build profits by offering adjunct services such as a pet taxi where you take the bird to the vet or the groomer for the owner. There's pet food pickup and delivery. Um, Offer a limited array of supplies for purchase, such as food, toys, or non-toxic pet-friendly cleaning supplies. Offer additional services, such as behavior consultations, if you're qualified to do so. Grooming, again, if you're qualified to do so. Or major cage cleaning. And again, be very, very specific about what services your pet sitting um, business does offer, what's included in the price. You know, if the people run out of food, if your client runs out of food when you're when they're away, are you going to charge them additional money for making a trip to the pet store to pick up more food? And of course, they'll have to reimburse you for the cost of the food. So make out a list, a checklist for the client too, for what they'll need to have before they leave. Now, some of those websites I promised you for insurance and for more information about pet sitting, the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, NAPPS, is www.petsitters.org. That's www.petsitters.org. O-R-G. Then there's Pet Sitters International, and the website there is PetSit.com. That's www.petsit.com, and there's a great pet sitter checklist on this website. Then there's Pet Sitters Associates, and um, they include general liability insurance in your annual membership dues. Pet Sitters Associates is at, uh, let me see, here. where is it? It's, well, you can email them at petsitllc at aol.com. That's P E T S I T 
LLC at AOL.com. Now, a few other um, little tips for pet sitting. A friend started her business with another friend just asking if she could take care of her animals when she went away. Before she knew it, it snowballed into a business. She does it part-time to supplement her other income, and it's nice extra money. It covers the expenses for her own animals. Figure how far from home you want to work, you know, um, and with gas prices the way they are, that's definitely a consideration in your fees. Um, some pets are more work and responsibility. Think about that when setting your fees. What do you want to do as a courtesy? Uh, take in the mail, water the house plants. Um, some people will ask you to medicate their animals or let maintenance people in. So you need to figure in these incidentals that will, if it will take extra time or expertise. In emergencies, uh, you know, people will call you in emergencies to come and pet sit. They'll have to go out of town all of a sudden and they need someone to take care of their animals. So um, think about that. You know, on a Wednesday night, you may just be notified that you have to go over and feed the animals on Thursday. Be very reliable. Uh, that's the main thing. You have to be reliable. It's the number one caveat in pet sitting. You know, if you're not there, the pets will suffer. The people will never use you again. So be reliable. Um, it's, it's a fun job. It's a nice job. You never know what you're going to walk into. Thing, there's always something different every time. The animals will eventually get to know you. And um, it's a, a, a really happy business most of the time. Uh, one of our uh, pet sitters got snowed in at a job one time. That happens too. You know, a, a good pet sitter, when the weather is inclement, when when the forecast comes out, they'll leave extra food and water just in case they can't make it over, make it there in a day. So talk to your clients about handling things like that as well. And go to those great websites. You will get so much good information. And if you have questions or comments, email me, susan at petliferadio.com. This has been Wings and Things, and thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. Join us every week on Wings and Things with your host, Susan Chamberlain, and get a bird's eye view of everything there is to know about pet birds and how to make your frequent flyer a happy camper. Wings and Things, only on PetLifeRadio.com.